Well, thanks to the music team. I'm always so thankful, especially having been the previous music team, um, which wasn't great. A um, lot of heart, but not a lot of talent. So, well, we're here today to celebrate Christmas and. You know, it's always interesting. You go into churches and like, you know, people are crisscross applesauce, right? They're, they're traveling, they're visiting family and friends at other churches. And so people leave your church, new other people come in. And so you, you kind of never know exactly who's at a, a Christmas morning service. Um, do you have people who are firm in the faith, people who've uh, fizzled in the faith or people who have no faith? And so we we hope that we're able to kind of speak to all of you um, and some of you may be all three in one um, we, we hope not but who knows these days my question is who would you rush like to go see who would you be just you know in, insane about pay money for run to 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 go watch or go listen to <laughs> So, you know, we've seen this in time. We've seen, you know, people faint and go crazy to see the Beatles, right? Um, or maybe it's sports stars. Or, you know, in, in Hollywood, the red carpet, right? People, you know, just got, got to get a glimpse of somebody getting out of a car uh, and taking a picture. It, it's crazy what humanity will will worship it's 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 crazy what humans will do in order to um in essence be distracted this year do you guys know who time magazine's person of the year is times magazine that's probably a couple years ago but the time magazine person of the year is taylor swift um now nothing against taylor swift and you know, if she can write music and sell it, then uh, she's, you know, worth what she can sell it for. That's fine. But person of the year, um, why is that? Why, why would a, a singer be considered the person of the year? And in fact, a, a very young singer, because uh, she still is pretty young. Although I woke up one day and realized, wow, she's not 18 anymore. Uh, she's like 30 something. But um, she's still young, especially to us who are older. But you know, not so long ago, Jesus came. And Jesus was born. And, and, and that's a, a, a proven fact and reality of, of human history and time. And so we, we have to wrestle with that. We have to stop and pause and think, you know, why is the world celebrating Christmas? Has the world been distracted? Is the world distracted? Has the world changed the meaning and understanding of Christmas? Yes. Um, we've been studying about the conflict in, in the Middle East with Israel and the Palestinians and, and how everybody in the world is aching, aching for peace. But they're looking in the wrong direction. They're, they're seeking the wrong kind of peace. And, and we were promised peace we were promised hope but instead like so many other things we've we've gotten a lie we've gotten um, a fraud 
we've gotten a, a, a fake out and that fake out is then come in the form of of a distraction so sports and you know music and uh, freedom of time right personal peace you know going skiing and hunting or doing whatever it is and that's not to attack those things it's just we we're distracted by things in order to obtain a new peace because really we all want peace but again we're looking in the wrong place isaiah isaiah let me turn there and read from isaiah 9 gave us a different kind of promise a different kind of hope Isaiah 9, 6 said, For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Now, what, 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 a, what a great passage. And to think that this was written over 2,500 years ago. That this is still the same theme that is raging within this is hope and desire that our government would be at peace, that in essence, the world would be at peace. And we're promised here in Isaiah 9 that there would be one who would come, a wonderful counselor. But there's this phrase here that people really just kind of overlooked and maybe you sing it in a song during Christmas, but have you really stopped and considered the name and title and who this person is? That this person, this Prince of Peace is also Mighty God, Eternal Father. Um, maybe we've been in the church for so long, we, we just kind of overlooked that and for those who haven't grown up in the church or new to the church or first time in the church, say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Um, what is being said there exactly? Well, Matthew 1, 23, just before Matthew 2, which we read earlier, says this. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So this wonderful counselor, this Prince of Peace is going to be the God man. God with us. Now, that's a bold and grand proclamation. And again, if you already have a, a, a proclaiming uh, faith, then th that may not seem like a big deal. But, but stop and consider what it is that that scripture is saying to us, stop and consider what Christmas really means. And, and, and I would challenge you to stop and consider what do you really believe? Because, because this demands a response. This demands a, a serious response, not just a kind of a pithy examination, but the Bible is saying that, that God is going to be with us and that it's in this Jesus that's who Jesus is. 
He is the promised God-man. Now, now let that sink in. There, there's certain things that we say really, really fast because maybe we're, um, maybe we're a bit embarrassed by that or we're, you know, we're, we're afraid to say it out loud. But, but we believe in the Lord God Almighty. We believe in God, the creator of the universe. And he's invisible. There's another word we don't like, right? Well, we can't see him, so he's invisible. So we believe in an invisible God. He's supernatural. His, his, his power exceeds nature. How so? Well, he creates nature. He created the heavens and the earth, and he put the earth in its place. That's why it's supernatural. That's what makes him God. And so this, this God, who we know to be part of the triune Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in his plan to bring peace to mankind, God's plan was to interact with the earth, to step foot on the earth. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. And so we see in the account of Christmas, the birth of this God-man, the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, and so 2,000 years ago, Isaiah's prophecy, being born of a virgin, was fulfilled. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at that and, and, and really look at three responses to Christmas, three responses to uh, the Prince of Peace. The first response is we need to respond to the good news. Responding to the good news. The second response is to glorify God. The proper response to glorify God. And then this third response is to proclaim the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. And so again, make no mistake, Jesus Christ is real. Historically, the evidence is there. The eyewitnesses are there, and he's greater than any musician, greater than any athlete, greater than any entrepreneur, greater than Taylor Swift. And we should be as excited to interact with God's word, to understand who this Jesus is, as we would be to attend one of these events. And, and, and we're all susceptible to that. We get pretty excited about certain things that we're getting ready to go see. But, but, but I hope we get most excited uh, about Jesus. Most excited about Jesus. If we could re recreate this, this, this scene of the birth of Jesus, who and where would we be in this? Would we just casually walk by or would we run? Would we fall down on, on, our, on our hands and knees and worship and praise and glorify? Or would we just kind of shrug? And so, turn with me to Luke 2. Luke 2 is a parallel passage to Matthew 2, which we read earlier. But it gives us some, some different insights as to what's happening at the birth of Christ. So Luke chapter 2, the first response uh, to the Prince of Peace is the response to, to this good news. Verse 8. 
And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And, and, and we'll, we'll stop there for a second. And so what's the, what's the current setting here? Well, the, the current setting is, and again, we've been studying this with looking at the land of Israel, the land of Palestine, right? Well, we're in the land of Palestine. We're in the land of Palestine under Roman occupation, right? So the Romans are in, in charge. The Roman leadership is in charge. Uh, Joseph has just been commanded to go take a census, right? The, the, the Romans, they had great details of, of, of who people were, and they wanted to know exactly everybody and who you were and from what tribe and what village, and they kept amazingly great records. And so, Joseph with Mary and, 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 and there's no like, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm nine months pregnant. Okay, there, there's no exemptions. This is the Roman army. You, you show up and, and you do the census. And so she is, you know, great with child. We've sung about that, right? She's great with child and they're going to do the census. They're obeying the, the Roman authority and Mary gives birth, right? That's the setting. Well, who are these shepherds? Who are these shepherds? You know, we, we sing about them. We kind of know about them. But I mean, who were these guys? Are these like religious zealots that were following Mary, Mary and Joseph? No, they didn't follow Mary. They, they were there. They're there in their land, in their hills, working, doing their job, doing uh, what they do, shepherding, minding their own business. They're just normal guys, uneducated. Again, not religious men, just, just men providing for their families. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears. So, you know, they're out there in the field, working, doing their shepherding. And, and suddenly, out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord, verse 9, suddenly is standing before them. And, and the glory of the Lord is shining. And, and you ask yourself, well, how would you respond? So we live in a very, you know, our day and era, we, we, we like to, to promote the, the idea of being casual, right? So, so we say, yeah, I, I go give an angel the high five, right? It's like, no, that, that's not how you respond to something that's supernatural. That, that's something that is so out of this world that it scares you. That's the reality of, of what they're dealing with. See, we talk a lot about like aliens and life forms and stuff, right? But if a spaceship came out of the, out of the sky and landed in your front yard and knocked on your door, you would be scared to death, right? You don't know what's going on. Well, well it's kind of like in that realm. This, this is supernatural. God with us is, 
is taking place in real time. And, and, the angel, and first comes this angel speaking to the shepherds and they're scared. Well, why are they scared? They're, they're in awe. They're frightened. And we see this throughout scripture. This is actually the normal response when you're in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. We saw it with Moses. We, we saw it with Isaiah where they realize how unworthy they are as humans, especially as standing before the supernatural. And so this angel appears and, and, and what happens? The angel says, don't be afraid. I understand, but don't be afraid. Verse 10, for behold, I bring you good news. This is a good thing. This is not a, an invasion, right? Remember, Jesus didn't come to seek and destroy, but he came to seek and save the lost. And so th this is a, a, a saving mission. I bring you good news. What, 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 what's the, the good news? Well, the good news is that there's not going to be bad news, right? When you see these things, you, you have to ask yourself the opposite. Okay, we, we go to a lot of churches now, and all they want to talk about is, is the good news. There's good news. There's a, a heaven. There, there's a forgiveness for sins. Oh, that's great news, right? We're all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we, we know that in Romans 3. None of us are righteous. There's not anybody in this room that, that is righteous, that is worthy or, or demands to the entrance into heaven. We, we have earned the wages of our sin, which is death, which is eternal death, which is hell. That's what we've earned. That's what our lifestyle has earned. A, a free ticket that has been paid for because of our sins, because of our actions. Well, that's horrible news. Anybody want to hear that today? Great, because the angel says, hey, I got good news. You don't have to spend eternity in hell. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Now, that, that should get your attention, right? And, and, and this somebody who's coming is going to bring good news of great joy. It'll be for all the people. Not just for the Jews, not just for one country, not just for one nation, but for all the people. This is amazing. This is, this is awesome. The greatest event in human history is taking place. And what is that? The collision where God collides with humanity to save us. From who? From ourselves. To save us from ourselves. And so, this is a topic of great joy, of great excitement, of great... Hey, you know, I'm going to go to a concert. I'm going to hear some songs. It's going to be cool. Or I'm going to go to this event tomorrow. What's going to happen? My soul is going to be redeemed. And I'm going to be saved forever and spend eternity in heaven. Well, now that's an event. Sign me up. 
you should be excited about that event. You should be excited when you come out of that event. And so what's being promised here then is the Lord, the, 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 the angel of the Lord in the glory of the Lord is coming and, and speaking to these shepherds, just, just normal people. It says, don't be afraid for behold, I bring you good news, great news, great joy, which shall be for all the people. This, this good news is, and what they don't know and understand and don't see is there's going to be this new covenant. There was an old covenant in the Old Testament, an old way of when you sinned, you made a sacrifice. When you sinned, you made a sacrifice. When you sinned, you made another sacrifice. You get the picture? And so you even had one day where you can go in the day of atonement and cover all the sins, even the unknown sins. And, and you make atonement for your sin and you walk out the door and you start sinning again. And it's never ending. And the blood of goat and, and bulls doesn't satisfy the payment for sin. Doesn't even begin to cover all the things that we do. And so, good news, great, great news, there's a new covenant. There's a new sheriff in town. And it's Jesus. And God is going to collide with humanity. And there's going to be a new covenant. And then this new covenant is going to be a promise of not only peace, and not only to all the nations, as we saw through the Abrahamic covenant, but it's going to be a promise to save us from our sin. How do we know this? Well, because it says it right here. For today, in the city of David, there has been born to you. Today, this is who just was born. A Savior. A Savior? To save me from what? Well, now, we don't want to make the mistakes that the that the, that the Jews made of, you mean save us from Rome? You, you mean save us from Biden? You, you mean save us from all the politicians? You mean save us from Palestinians? You, you mean save us from the Russians? I mean, who's next? There, there's always some distraction of who the enemy is. And, and, and it's one of the blessings that I've had is meeting people from other parts of the world. And you realize as an American, we're very, very blinded. And, and this is what we see, right? Our perspective. It was a, it was a great, um, just kind of revealing when I'm in seminary with other guys from other countries. And, you know, here are the, you're in America. So, you know, you already have a sense of arrogance anyway and you've got all these other guys from other countries who are studying to be pastors and preachers and they're sitting there going you guys know you have a lot of sin right in this country and in the church and and so you know my buddies from ukraine and from from great britain and from india and from africa and from all over the world are like um you guys have some changing and fixing to do and then to talk to them and, and see that well, from their perspective, they're dealing with different enemies and different problems and different issues. And here we are, we think it's all about, you know, Republicans and Democrats. It's a distraction. Don't be distracted. We, we have this great news. The, the issue at hand is our soul of getting it right, getting the right religion, right? Picking wisely. All roads do not lead to God. It's impossible. It, it defies logic. Two opposing views can't both be right. This is how you get to God. 
turn left this way, right? No, no, no. This is how you get to God. Turn right. Worship this way. Worship that way. This is who God is. This is these roads don't go the same place. Or if you don't believe like we believe, then we should kill you over here. And it goes on and on and on, right? Two opposing views can't be right. The Bible says there is only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. And so you have to pick wisely because if you choose the wrong one, if you are led down the wrong path, that will have an eternal effect. And so the angel says, look, a Savior has been born. The one who will save you from your sin so that you do not have to spend eternity in hell. That is good news. Jesus Christ came on earth, was born in the flesh to bleed, to feel the pain, to feel the suffering for, for me, because because of me, because of my sin. My sin cost him his life. That's why he came to save me with his blood, to be not the lamb, not the goat, but to be, to be Jesus, the sacrifice on the altar to pay the price of my sin with his blood and the same for you as well. That's what he's saving us from, not our finances. That's not what he's saving us from. He's saving us from our sin with his blood. That's, who's, that's who this Jesus is that the angel's explaining to this ignorant shepherd. I don't know who this baby is, right? So the angel's being very, very clear. This is the Savior, who, by the way, is also Christ. And we've talked about this before. Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus's last name. It's a title. He is Jesus the Christ. Who's the Christ? That is the Messiah. That is the promised Messiah that we see throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament of this is who is coming. This is who is coming. The, the, the God King. This one is coming is going to be God and King. Now, again, we, we read in, in Isaiah earlier, we, we read these things and we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just zip right through it. Zip right through it. No, th this is the God King. This is Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate on earth coming. And so the angel saying, that's who that baby is. The Savior, the promised, coming Messiah because in, in this room, not in this room literally, but you know, metaphorically here, we're all Jews here and we've all heard of the Messiah and we've all, you know, and maybe we don't think much of it, but it's like, this is the guy. Heads up. The Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the King. King of Kings. Lord of Lords. That, that's why, you know, the, the throne of, of David, there's nothing more important to, to a Jew than King David, right? The glory of, of Israel in the Old Testament was under David's reign. 
He had power. He had authority. He was strong militarily. They were healthy. Everybody in Israel, oh, David, we, wanna, we want that kingdom back. And so this baby who's born is the Savior. He's the Messiah, and he is king. Now, even more importantly, he's king of all kings. He's Lord of all lords. He is God of gods. And there is no other but one God and one God alone. So how do we respond to the Prince of Peace? Well, how do we respond to new babies? I mean, we've, you know, been going through, we've had like, you know, a, an uprising here, three babies, right? In a couple months, no babies in 13 years. And then all of a sudden, boom. Um, well, how do we respond? When, when there's a new baby, there's excitement, there's joy, there's phone calls, there's texts, there's social media, there's, there's cards, there's, you know what you do? You tell everybody. I'm the, I'm the proud grandparent, right? It's crazy. It's so weird. You just find yourself talking about grandbabies to everybody. You know what happened this week? Um, oh yeah, I've, I've got a grandbaby too. I know, I don't look that old, but you know. Um, but I am a grandparent. I mean, you just, you talk about it to everybody you come in contact with. Why? It's unbridled joy. It, it comes from within you. It is so exciting. You can't contain it. You don't even, you don't even know what it is. It's just that they, they bring you joy and a smile. It's because they don't have any hair yet, but that's okay. Um, but that's our, our response to this good news, unbridled joy. Well, the second response to Christmas is, and our response is, is to glorify God. Not just to take this in as good story, good information, thanks. No, bring God the glory. Verse 13, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Now, for those of you who haven't studied angelology or looked at angels or the concept of a multitude, we're talking thousands. When multitudes of angels are talked about in scripture, it's, it's thousands. And suddenly appeared an angel with, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host and doing what? Praising God. Look, if, if an alien came out of the, out of the sky, you, you would have some questions. Who are you? Where did you come from? Right? You, there's, you know, once you picked yourself off the ground. And, and, and the, the point is you would know at that point that being is greater than anything I've ever seen or heard of, and it's magnificent. And then imagine that being had a whole multitude behind it praising and glorifying the other being. You, you see the picture here? You got the angel, and you got the heavenly host of angels, and what are they doing? You're looking at them, they're looking at him. They're going, no, 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 not me. I, I'm not the one. Check that out. God. 
and they're glorifying and praising God. They're going nutso. Heaven is rocking out. Why? Because God has just performed the greatest event in human history. He set foot on earth to save mankind from their sin. That's the point. It wasn't just to like, you know, the Greek and Roman gods to check things out, to fulfill his selfish satisfaction. No, it was to come on a mission. And what was that mission again? To die for us, for our sins. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now, this has been vexing me all week. Whom he's pleased. You know, whenever God examines the earth or mankind, he's usually exceedingly unpleased. Why? Because we're so wicked. Because we're so distracted. Because we break his heart. God describes us as his bride. And when we worship other gods, he says, you've committed adultery. And, 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 and he's broken as a, as a broken lover would be in a marriage. It's, it's love. And yet here he's, he's pleased. I'm still vexed over this. He's looking down on the earth and, 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 God is pleased. How? Why? This doesn't make any sense. All we do is sin. All we do is bite. All we do is cause problems. And then I remembered again, well, as a father watching my kids born, as a grandfather watching my grandchildren be born, you look at these little sinful balls and you just, you're pleased. And it's like, it's, it's that, that, it's because of that love, not because, again, we've earned his good pleasure. God loves people. This is one of the defining markers between God and Satan. Satan loves chaos, destruction, murder. Satan's goal, we've been studying this, Satan's goal is to walk in the room and cut the room in half and put this side against this side. And it reminds me of being in high school again. It's like, I don't care. I just want to see a good fight, right? Who's fighting? Doesn't matter. I don't care who wins or loses. I just want to see blood. It's like fight, 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 right? That's Satan. The man of lawlessness is coming. The man of lawlessness wants to be not just God of all the gods, all the people who are worshiping false gods, and not just be the God of the people who are worshiping Yahweh. No, 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 no. He wants you to fight each other, kill each other, the more the merrier, while he sits back and says at the end, okay, worship me. Satan loves death. He doesn't care who dies. He doesn't care how they die. He just, he loves it. God's not like that. God loves life. God came to seek and save. God came to bring peace among men. Well, we know how that goes. Man, man, man can't be at peace with one another. It, 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 we have a hard time being at peace in our own families. 
In our own bedrooms, we have a hard time being at peace. It's in our sin nature. Why? Because we're selfish. And all we want is what we want, how we want it, how I want it. And nobody else matters. That's why I do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard others as more important than yourself. It's such a vital scripture. It, it, it's a hallmark, a cornerstone to everything that we do. Not only in our marriage relationships, personal relationships, this is how we live, not living from selfishness, but as selfish creatures, that's how we live. And so what's happening here now is suddenly appearing with the angel, a multitude of angels, a heavenly host of angels, and they're saying glory to God in the highest peace on earth among men with whom God is well pleased. And it came out when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, they go back to heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they're out there working in the hills, right? They're out there in Selleck doing their thing. And the angels come and say, look, something's going on at four corners. Jesus, the Savior, the Christ, the Lord is born. So what is their response? Okay, cool. We'll check it out maybe later. No, their response is verse 16. And they came in haste. We gone. But what about your sheep? What about your job? What about your work? That's more important. I got to see that. I got to see that. I got to get down there and see who this baby Jesus is. It's belief turning into action, right? It's belief turning into action. Why? To go to, to glorify. What we're going to see is verse 20. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told to them. The response to Christmas, the response to this isn't to just say, that was a good service. It was a good day. It was a good time. No, it's to glorify God, to, to walk out of this, this room this morning for us, glorifying. What, what is glorifying? It's rendering and bestowing honor to ascribe and to recognize the, the, the weighty substance of what this is. That's what glorification is. That's why you don't just glorify anybody or anything. Only, that's only for God is, is to render and bestow him honor. And then what's praising? Well, well, praising isn't just the honor of it, right? It's like, you know, I honorably glorify you, God. I revere you. Okay, that, there's a place for that, for the holy awe. But there's also a place for praising. Boisterous, joyful, uninhibited, and cheering. And now I know some of us are pretty conservative and... Especially, you know, the more Baptist you are, the more conservative you get. And it's like, you know what? You're you, Jesus, you know. And okay, it's okay. You know, look, I was saved in an all-black church. Okay? And the first third was rocking and rolling. And the middle third, you know, had, had good rhythm going and, and a good clap. And the last third looked just like us. And so different strokes for different folks. That's cool. But, but, but. We've seen each other at events 
at football games. We've seen each other when we get excited. And if you can get excited for a touchdown, well, however it is you get excited for a touchdown, if that means doing a backflip, then you need to do a backflip for Jesus. If it's just clapping good and hard and yelling, then, then that's what you do for Jesus. However it is, and I want you to examine yourself for your next event, you know, and you find yourself getting excited and go, well, do I do that for Jesus? Because that's praising. Praising by definition is loud. It's joyful. It's uninhibited. You let it all out. You let it all out. Not for music, not for a concert, not for a sporting event. Heck, there was a, a, a movie when I was younger, you know, was, they mocked this idea, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know who they were? They were musicians who create peace on the whole earth because of music. Sorry, the Beatles couldn't do it. Elvis couldn't do it. Neither could Bill and Ted. That is not how we get peace on earth. Our response to Christmas, our response to understanding Jesus being on earth is to glorify him. The, the hymn says, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And the beginning of it is, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. A day I'll never forget. Jesus, my Savior, I met. And so in haste, in enthusiasm, in uninhibited response for us then, should be to glorify God, to glorify God. We're, we're responding to the good news that we're saved from, from our sin by giving Him honor, by giving Him glory. Well, the third response to Christmas then is to proclaim the gospel. Verse 15, And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight then to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. I want to see for myself. I want to see it with my own eyes, right? That's okay. Bible never shies away from eyewitness. Bible never shies away from studying to see if it is so. The Bereans, right? The Bible likes facts. We like facts. We like proof. This book right here, there is no book. This, this book right here, it was written a couple thousand years ago, and it's still true. Nothing in here has been unproven historically, archaeologically, scientifically, prophetically. This is the most accurate textbook that we've ever seen on the face of the earth. As an educator and as one who studied curriculum and had to do the scope and sequence and analyzing all the textbooks and every year, science books have to be changed. History books have to be changed, right? Fix, 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 change, change, change. Not the Bible. Why? Because it was written by God and it's correct and it's right and it's true. And it doesn't back away from my witnesses. And here the shepherds say, look, in haste, verse 16, they came and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which they were told to them by the shepherds. And Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising and God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. Now, you see what happened here? 
the greatest event in human history. Normal people. I, you know, I like shepherds. They remind me of Ravensdale. They remind me of our church. Just normal people, right? Minding their own business. But when you come into contact with God, it, it demands a response. And, and these shepherds' lives were changed. Do you know what good news means in the Greek? It's, see if, you, if this rings any bells, evangelos. Does that sound familiar? It means evangelize. Isn't it funny how the term that Christians use, hey, you need to go evangelize, you need to go witness, you need to go event, is actually saying, you need to go spread the good news. That's your response, to proclaim the gospel. Not to come in here and listen, to go out there and tell. Oh, no, 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 I'm just a, I'm just a shepherd. I'm just a, a mechanic. I'm just a normal guy. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too smart. I'm too dumb. We well, every excuse in the book, right? Moses, oh, I'm shy. You know, everybody's got an excuse. These are normal people. Just normal guys probably can't even read and write. But when you come into contact with God, there's a shift. Something awesome takes place. Belief turns into action. This idea of, 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 of wonderment in verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds, not the preachers, not the not the religious guys, shepherds. They're the ones telling people. And the people wondered. What's that? That means they, in the Greek, they marveled and were astonished. Could you imagine? You know, everybody wants to be an influencer now, right? And be honest. Everybody wants to be an, an influencer. That means you want people to be amazed and astonished at the things that you say. All you have to do is tell them about Jesus and people will be amazed and astonished. Just tell them that, that, that God walked on the face of the earth and, and start there. See where the conversation takes you because it'll get crazy. But you're going to tell them about something wonderful and awesome and amazing and true and true. And so the shepherds, they're the ones, not the preachers. This is this is us. You know, I was listening to something last night and, you know, the, the, the guy was gripped with trying to make a mark. Right? It's like, I got to do something important in life. There's nothing more important than, than being like the shepherds, which is what? Just glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. What did they hear? Do you remember what they heard? What did they hear? What was the, the big message? Remember our, our we, we, if you're new, you guys can memorize, a, we, we all memorized a sermon that Jesus gave. And you guys can probably memorize it too. Repent. Okay, that's his first sermon. Repent. Think you got it? Okay, well, here's another thing that, that God decided to tell the shepherds. Hey, can you handle this? That there's been born a savior, Christ the Lord. 
What is Christmas? There has been born a Savior, Christ the Lord. And explain it and talk about it and proclaim it and, and be enthusiastic and emotional and excited. You know why? Because it is the most exciting thing that is happening. Not Israel, not Ukraine. This is the most exciting thing. And we have an amazing opportunity every Christmas where everybody's walking around singing songs that they have no idea what they're singing and celebrating Christmas and they don't even have any idea what Christmas is. We do, we do, we do. <clears throat> and so these eyewitnesses in haste went out and they proclaimed it. And they proclaimed it. What a beautiful, amazing thing. Our response to Christmas should be to proclaim the good news. The Messiah was born. The Messiah still lives. Jesus Christ was born, died, was buried, and rose again on the third day and reigns in heaven and will come back. This is who we worship. And so the challenge then becomes, are, are we going to leave with, with our faith strengthened or are we going to leave with our faith just kind of still kind of fizzled, you know, eh, whatever. Or do we leave with no faith? Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. I, I know there's people in this room that, that just aren't quite there. I, I get that. Maybe I could challenge you with this. Look, if you deny the miracle of God's creation, if you'd start with, I don't know how, how the planet Earth got here, at least just be honest and just write it down. I believe in nothing. I believe in nothing. Well, what do you mean? Well, I don't believe in a creator of the universe that this big giant ball that floats in space and all the different scientific elements that surrounds the right orbit, the right spin, the right axis, the right distance from, from the sun so we don't burn to a crisp or, any, or just float off into nothing, right? It's like, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in anything because I don't believe in an intelligent designer. I don't believe in a creator. Just, just be honest. I don't believe. I, I, don't, I, I believe in nothing. Or... If you reject the, the mystery, and it is a mystery, and the Bible proclaims it as a mystery of, of Jesus, of God being Emmanuel, God with us. I, I reject that. Well, then again, you, you don't believe in anything. Jesus lived. He lived. Why? What did he do? Come, come to, to full grips with this fact that God was with us and he brings hope. He brings peace. He brings salvation. Or, just write it down, I don't believe in anything. The postmodernists are right. There is no absolute truth. Nothing's real. Again, go test it out. Go stand in the middle of the road right there and see if trucks are real. Because a true postmodernist would say, well, maybe, I don't know, sometimes... You'll find out real quick. Trucks are real. Pain is real. Death is real. Things are real. you got to believe in something. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. No. 
Don't do that. If you have questions, come talk to me after. Come talk to me anytime. Call, text, write, whatever. Come ask. But I want you to understand the greatest gift that you're going to get this Christmas is truth. That this is true. And now we have to respond. And I hope our response is, is a response to the good news. This is good news, right? This is good news. We could be saved from our sins, spend eternity in heaven. That, that we need to respond by glorifying God, giving him glory, honor, and praise for being the creator, for being the one who loved us so much he saved us from our sin. And then to proclaim that truth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for a time of the year where we can be reminded. Newborn babies bring us so much joy. There's so much satisfaction. They, they rejuvenate our spirit and our soul, reminding us of new life. They give us hope, just great hope. And Lord, they remind us of purpose. And so, Lord, we have joy. We have rejuvenation. We have hope. But, Lord, there's a purpose. Lord, we want everybody to um, be on board. Lord, we want everybody to embrace the truth of Christmas. That a baby was born to save us from our sins. To be the promised Messiah the Lord of all lords, King of all kings, God of all gods. And so by faith, we put all our faith into this, all our trust, all our hope is, is in full gear, Lord, with all the excitement, enthusiasm, and joy, we believe. We believe. And Lord, you reckon that to us as righteousness if we just believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, mm -hmm. that's faith. That then is salvation because of what you've done on the cross. And we give thanks for the greatest gift ever given, which is the free gift of grace. In Jesus' name, amen.